Are you a professional woman who wants to create passive income streams and financial freedom through real estate investing? Join us here on Real Estate Investor Goddesses, hosted by Monique Alm. Listen to women who are rocking it in real estate investments as they share their stories of success, failures, and best advice in real estate investing. Start creating real wealth through real estate. Tune in today. Here's your host, real estate investor, syndicator, and developer, Monique Holm. Welcome to the Real Estate Investor Goddesses podcast. I'm your host, Monique Holm. On this show, we interview badass, amazing real estate investor goddesses, women that are crushing it in the real estate investing space. And my guest today is certainly no exception to that. I'm super duper excited to have with us today, Annette Tali, who is an amazing woman and investor. I was super honored to have been on her podcast recently, and I'm thrilled to continue the conversation here and to, to share her with you. She's from Lima, Peru, and she, um, she was raised there, moved to Florida to get her bachelor's of architecture. And she started in architecture in 2010. She started looking for other options in order to reach financial freedom. And she started job managing properties for a foreign investor. And in 2012, she acquired her first investment property. Now she manages 31 units, including her personal portfolio of 12 units in Florida. And she recently started investing out of state where she holds four units with a partner and is under contract for 24 more. So she is going really fast and uh, doing amazing things. Her goal is to continue to grow her portfolio and partner with other investors in larger deals. And as I was saying before, she has a podcast called The Real Estate Deal Closers Show that I was honored to be on. And it focuses on different strategies to acquire real estate. It's a great show, which you should check out as well. And there'll be info for that in the show notes. But in the meantime, let's get started with Annette. Welcome, Annette. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming on. I'm super, super excited to keep the conversation. <laughs> Me too. Uh, so you came from Peru. You're here. You're working at architecture. What made you get started in real estate investing? So it was a couple of things. You know, it, with the recession in 2008, it hit my husband and I were both architects. So it really hit us bad. You know, the, the work stopped and it really affected our income. And so we decided at that point that we couldn't have all our eggs in one basket. And so we started looking at other options and we, you know, masterminded all these ideas about businesses and restaurants and products and this and that. And we always came back to real estate because it was the most versatile and you could focus on different parts of real estate and you have the tax benefits and it really kind of fit my personality. So, you know, we decided to go with real estate. And when I started sharing with people that I wanted to acquire property, a friend of mine approached me and said, hey, my cousin needs somebody to manage his 16-unit property that he's going to buy here in Florida. Are you interested? And I was seven months pregnant. And I was like, yes. Wow. You know, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I can probably figure it out. So uh, it was uh, an amazing opportunity to make money while I was learning. So I, I took it and, you know, one thing that my, my stepdad, who I consider my dad, taught me is that when you get an opportunity in front of you, like you have to take it because that opportunity may not happen again. So uh, that's something that I like, it stuck with me one time that I think he offered me something that I didn't really care. 
and all of a sudden it became the thing. And then when I asked, asked him to get it for me, he's like, oh no, I, I don't have the money anymore. And I never got it. So I was like, mm. you know, so that made me realize that, you know, when there's an opportunity, you got to take it. Yes. Yes. You have to grab onto it. So that, I mean, then that's such a brilliant way to, to learn. As you were saying, you got paid to learn how to manage property. So exactly. Uh, and, and, this, and this investor became my mentor as well, because he knew how to buy property. So he showed me how to calculate the numbers. And, uh, you know, uh, many times he came with us to look at property and point out to us what to look for. And, you know, being in the architectural field as well, it, you know, I have the experience in construction. And so that helped, but it's not the same being at the office that being on the field. Yeah. So that also was an amazing opportunity to be able to renovate this building and see the construction at first hand, managing a team of, you know, construction people. It's a different story than when you are working with uh, a large hotel and you're just talking directly with the GC. You're not yeah. talking with the workers. You're not telling them exactly what to do. So it was a totally different experience. So what was the first property you, you got? So when we decided to buy, we early on, we decided we didn't want to do houses. We realized that it was the same thing, putting all our money in one basket. So we decided that we couldn't afford to do more than two units, but at least two units gave us the flexibility of having 50% of the income if one of them wasn't full. So yeah. we decided to start with duplexes and we were looking for a year before we were able to buy one that that we liked and it, you know, it took us a year to realize what was that we wanted, right? Yeah. Like we were looking at anything and everything at the beginning. And then we re started seeing a trend. Okay. In Florida, we don't want frame construction. We want block construction. So then we started, we stopped looking at anything that was frame because of the hurricanes. And then mm -hmm. we decided, okay, we started looking in an area and then we realized that area was very transient the utilities are, were very expensive. So we decided, okay, we're going to keep looking in the broad area, but not this specific little city. Yeah. So, you know, that, that whole first year, we looked at so many properties. We put a bunch of offers. I think we lost a couple of, uh, we lost one inspection money. We got the, the deposit back because we withdrew at the time of the inspection, but we were looking at a lot of property, analyzing a lot of property. Mm. Yeah, sometimes it takes a while and you have to find the right one. And so that first one that you got was a duplex. And did you remodel it? How did you, what was that? That one was ready to go. We didn't have to do anything but put it online. I think at the time we used Craigslist uh, mm -hmm. to rent it. It was like empty. It was not a modern unit, but it was just perfect condition. Mm -hmm. You know, you didn't need to do anything. Even the grass was perfect. <laughs> it didn't last too long, <laughs> but it was perfect. You know, we saw it because we already knew exactly what we wanted. We saw it come on the market on a Friday around 5 p.m. My husband left and went driving by like around 7 p.m. Mm. He came back and told me it's really good. So we call our realtor at 8 p.m. and she prepared the contract. And the next day at 8 a.m., we already had an offer. To the wow. owner. So it ended up being a kind of a, a bid war because I think they underpriced it to get a lot of interest. Mm -hmm. And so they, I think they got like 11 offers 
by wow. Monday. They didn't want to take any offers until Monday. So they got like 11 offers. And then they asked the three highest offers to give the, them our best and final. Mm-hmm. And so at this point, we were asking our mentors, like, what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> and so we ended up paying, I think, I want to say at least 10000 more than our initial offer because we knew that we were competing with other experienced investors and that they were going to up it up, not just a thousand, they were going to up it up a little bit more because the property was worth that. So we decided that we had to, you know, do our best price that still made sense and the numbers still worked. Yeah. And so we were able to get it. Fantastic. That's so exciting. And you get yes. that first one, they're like, Yes. <laughs> yes. Once we got the first one, we're like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> so we rented it very quickly. And that property, after five years, when I refinanced, I ended up pulling out 150% of the cash that I used mm. to buy it. Because Fantastic. when I bought it first, I bought it cash and I just, we just bought it and kind of like forgot about it. Like we didn't really look for more properties right away because we were saving for the next one. And uh, in the meantime, we also bought a house, our primary home. So we bought this rental before we even owned a home for ourselves uh, because we wanted to make sure that we were producing money before we were spending money. Yeah. So um, after we bought our house and we were settling, then, you know, we decided to have another child. So I told my husband, well, we're having another child. We need to buy another property because (laughs) the properties initially we thought, okay, this could pay for our kids' uh, college education. It will be, we either sell it or we use the cash flow to pay for college. And so that's when we decided to buy a second duplex. And by the time that we started, we decided to buy it, we already have a down payment for it. So we bought the third one, the second one, I'm sorry. And we just kept going. You know, once we bought the second one, we're like, what about a third one? And that's when I really started getting a little bit more educated about real estate because I kind of knew the basics, but I didn't really know a lot of strategies. I started learning about HELOCs, lines of credits and hard money, private money, you know, all the things yeah. that you don't know if you don't invest. Is that, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Did you were buying your properties all cash at first? Are you still doing that or did you change that strategy and you're starting to use leverage? Yes. So at the time that we bought it cash, we couldn't buy finance because, uh, because of the economy and all we were affected by it. So our credit wasn't good. So we had to buy cash and it took us a year to find it. So we were like living on one income and saving everything on the other income. And so we were able in a year to save a lot of money and we were able to buy it cash. But then on the second one, we decided to start using leverage again because we were able to start buying with credit. So we, the second one, we just did the 25% for an investment property, multifamily. And then on the third one, we ended up having, getting a HELOC on our house, our primary home, and I used the money for the down payment. Mm. And then I kept studying, like, what, what else can I do? How can I acquire another property? And I decided, hey, I have, you know, that little property that I bought. I wonder how much it's worth now. So I ended up doing a cash out refi on that first property. And with the money that I cash out, I bought a six unit. So you've had tremendous amount of success. I want to ask you my favorite question, which is where I think we learned so much 
from our mistakes, uh, so much more from our mistakes than we do from the successes when things are going well. So what would you say was your biggest mistake and what did you learn from it? I think my biggest mistake in real estate was buying something without educating myself before. But this was even before I bought my first investment. When we were younger, we bought a condo. And we, some people told us don't buy a condo, but they never told us why. So we just went ahead and bought a condo and, you know, it was a beautiful condo in a beautiful community until the HOA started spending money when they didn't have any reserves. (laughs) And so then I realized that, you know, living in a condo, you don't have control of the HOA finances of the, of the building because the HOA will make decisions for you. And so I learned really early that I had to educate myself and that I had to have control. Like I decided I would never buy a condo again. So maybe in the future I will, but for now we, it's on our blacklist. Condos Mm -hmm. are a no, no for us. And if I was to buy now, I would know that I had to look at the reserves. I I need to look at the financials of the condominium to see, you know, what they are spending money on, uh, what are the projects that are coming up. They really made a lot of decisions, not thinking on of new buyers. It was a condominium where there were a lot of old people that owned these condos outright. So they didn't really care about, you know, replacing the roof. Uh, okay, special assessment. I mean, everybody can pay that, right? I mean, $2,000 a month, why not? So they just really ruined us. (laughs) But it was our fault because we didn't research it. We didn't know. We just, you know, everybody was buying. So we decided to buy two, right? And and it was going to, you know, be worth much more in a year, right? So we just went ahead and buy it. So that taught us so much. And so when we decided to go into real estate investing, we decided we need to educate ourselves. And and it started, like I said, as a college education. So we only learned what we needed to learn to do that. But once I decided that I wanted to do it more as a business, that's when, you know, I also realized you cannot do it by yourself. And that's, I think, the second lesson yes. that I learned that, you know, the more that you talk to people about it and that you surround yourself with people that are doing the same, you learn so much. You, ha- you, can, you are able to bounce ideas. Hey, look, I have this. What do you think? You know, and then you find people that are talking the same language as you. Like sometimes I was at parties talking to my friends about real estate and they're like, mm, okay, what are your kids eating today? Like what are <laughs> cooking? Nice weather like, we're having. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, you know, you find this group of friends that, you know, people that become your friends, like your second family where, that you can share ideas and, and strategies. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons that I started the, the, the podcast, Real Estate Deal Closers, because I really wanted to learn, I wanted to share with people different strategies that other investors use to buy, to acquire um, real estate, because I didn't know at the beginning, I paid 100% and my money was stuck for five years until I learned something else, you know, that I yeah. could do, that I could do a cash out refine and take the money out and reuse it. So I decided that, that in my podcast, I wanted to focus on one deal per show. And, you know, I want to go from the beginning to the end, how people found it, how they finance it and everything until they exit that investment. And it was a little bit of a selfish thing because I wanted to learn more what <laughs> others are doing and, and also, you know, get people uh, the information. So if they are starting and just listening the podcast, they could learn more. 
it's a big reason why I did my my podcast too. <laughs> it's like helps me learn. And I get and to talk to pe- goddesses like you. That exactly. Are my I was going to say, we get <laughs> yeah. to know people that are yeah. doing uh, what you like to do. Yeah. I love it. And that's such good advice. A, getting, getting educated. Because uh, an uneducated investor is a money disaster waiting to happen. Right? It's, it's a gamble, just, really. Yeah. Right? Because you are just hoping the price will go up and the expenses won't go up. Yeah. So what are you most proud of? You know, I am very active, a very active person and I am always doing something. I'm always being a busy person. Like, you know, if you, my friends know me, I'm always doing something. But sometimes, you know, I don't see it. And at the end of last year, I was kind of like down, like I don't feel I did anything. So I decided I'm going to make a list of all the things that I've done last year. And when I saw that list, I was, wow, I was amazed by all the progress that I had made in just, you know, a year. So I guess what I'm most proud of is that I am the type of person that when I put something in my mind, I just go and do it. Even if I am scared, Mm -hmm. even if I think that I may not be able to do it, I just give it a go and I go after it. And a lot of times I get it. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Taking yeah. that advice or the lesson you learned from your stepfather, say yes. yes. <laughs> the opportunity comes, say yes and do it. Um, Absolutely. Don't wait. To what do you attribute your success? I am very stubborn. <laughs> that could be a good thing or it could be a bad thing, right? But I guess being consistent, you know, being stubborn also makes me be persistent in what I want yeah. to do, right? And, you know, I don't remember how I got this. I think it was on my mastermind, but it was about just doing small actions. And this, I think it was the Atomic Habits book that it was saying Mm -hmm. that these small habits that you start adding to your routine, it will accumulate and, you know, you will get far before you know it. And so, you know, sometimes I feel overwhelmed with, all the things that I want to do. And I just, you know, decide, okay, let me just do one thing. And so I just focus on the one thing that I can do right now. Instead of not doing anything, I just pick one thing that I can do right now. And I keep doing it until I I can add something else that I can do now, you know, and then it becomes a routine or like you accomplish something and then you move to the next thing. But I think if you just focus on one little thing, Before you know it, you are going to be really far from where you started. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Before we have, I have a couple questions for you before we get into our famed end of show Trinity. What do you wish you'd known at the beginning that you now know? Hmm. That I didn't leverage, you know, I kind of knew a little bit about leverage, but not like I said, I bought the first property cash. I think about it now, you know, I could have at that time when I started, the properties were low and they were starting to go up. So I could have bought four different properties instead of just one with the same amount of money if I knew, you know, how to do it. Right. So I I wish I knew more strategies. And that's, like I said, why I started uh, the podcast, because I think it's so important to, to learn. And it's so easy. Like you're driving 
and you can be listening to something and you know you can listen to it again you, you know sometimes you don't get 100% of what you hear yeah. uh, compared to reading but if you listen to it again then like things start stacking in your in your brain so yeah definitely leverage and other strategies to acquire real estate like if, if i think about it if i started doing all these strategies when i started that's in 2012 you know, and we're right now eight years later. Yeah, I would I would be so much fa- farther along the way, and and partnering with people and and not doing it by yourself. I think that was one of the things that I kind of started by myself, doing it by myself. And I I remember at some point asking my mentor because he always did everything by himself. You know, do you ever go to conferences or do you ever? partner with anybody and he's like no I just like to do it all by myself and and I mean he owns a lot of property but I kind of like "Mm, okay but then a couple of years later I started realizing that this was like a team sport and that you need to start talking to people and I think networking was one of those things that it's another type of leverage Yes. Another type of leverage, you know? Absolutely. There's leverage with debt and being able to finance, and then there's leverage with people and being able to tap into their skills and relationships and knowledge. Yeah, knowledge. Money, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, yeah, leverage. I love it. So before we get into the Trinity, what is the best place for people to find you? So, okay, the best place for them to find me is my website which is taliinvestments.com and that's T-A-L-I-E investments.com and you can find all the information there and all my links. I have a Facebook group. I do a meetup. You can find my podcast in iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify as well as in YouTube. But if you want to talk to me quickly, Facebook is the best place to find me and I'm as Annette Lee. I am very active on Facebook, so that's how people can find me quickly. All right. Fabulous. Okay. Now it's time for our famed end of show, Trinity, which is a brag, a gratitude, and a desire. What is one thing you are celebrating right now? What's your brag? My brag is that I've been, for the last year, uh, working on trying to participate on a syndication on the general partnership side, you know, after, you know, acquiring you know, my last six units, I realized that, you know, I wanted something bigger. And so I was looking for uh, partnering with other people with joint ventures and also participating in, in syndications. And so this week I joined a team to work on a syndication. So I am super excited about that because, you know, for the longest time I was like, oh, I don't think this is going to happen. Like, you know, it's been so long. I've been working so hard for you know, people to, to work with me on, on a syndication. And finally, I was having a phone call yesterday where I'm going to be uh, helping a team mm-hmm. with the syndication. So I'm super, super excited about that. Well, brag. And what's one thing you're grateful for? My family. I have to say, I'm so grateful for my husband, especially because he supports me in all my crazy ideas. <laughs> he he is the opposite of me so i'm super outgoing loud and he's quiet and not <laughs> very outgoing shy you could say so but he always supports me in anything that i want to do every once in a while i have to convince him but 
for the most part, you know, right now we're having the interview and I'm like, why don't you take the kids to the park? I mean, that would be so fun. <laughs> like, it's so hot outside. I don't know. Like, he's like, oh, come on. He's like, okay. <laughs> so Good he's man. super, super awesome. Yeah. He is, you know, I don't, I don't think I could be doing what I'm doing without him taking on a lot of stuff that he probably doesn't like much. <laughs> Beautiful. And last but certainly not least, what's one desire? One desire, financial freedom. I think that's one of the things that I'm working really hard on. It's being able to work if I want to and, you know, being able to spend more time with my family. Uh, the reason that I got into real estate was that, you know, getting, I don't really want to be a billionaire. I mean, it would be nice, but I just would like to be able to just have a nice life and not worry about tomorrow and the fin in, you know, in finances. So yeah. being able to just work if I want to or have my investments, keep my lifestyle and uh, not worry about money. Well, so shall your desires be or so much better than you can imagine under grace and in perfect ways. Thank you so much. You're Nick. welcome. Thank you for this awesome interview. Y'all, you can find Annette at tallyinvestments.com or search her up on Facebook. And you can connect with me at reigoddesses.com or at reigoddesses on Instagram, on Facebook. On the website, you can join our investor club and find out about passive investing opportunities. And you can join our amazing sisterhood of women from all over the world that are um, have joined together to invest in real estate and a lot of other resources we have there for you too. So, uh, so check out reigoddesses.com and also don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and, and give it some likes. You give it some likes and <laughs> reviews. We love five stars. <laughs> and share it for sure. <laughs> share it with your friends uh, and come back next week for another amazing real estate investor goddess interview. Thank you. You have just listened to another episode of Real Estate Investor Goddesses, a show dedicated to sharing stories of women creating real wealth through real estate. If you found value on what you just heard, feel free to share with your friends. Visit us at reigoddesses.com to learn more about our programs and live events, as well as to access other resources. Until next time. <laughs>